Matthew chapter 26. Take your Bible and join me. Matthew chapter 26. I love our patriotic Sundays. You know, we all know those songs and we sing those songs and they come from our heart. And this is a time when we just need to stop. You know, I, I wasn't in the military. Uh, but I have all respect in the world for those that have served and are serving even right now uh, for the things that they do, the sacrifices that they make. And it's just a good time for us to stop and, and just remember uh, what God has done in blessing this nation and yet those who gave their lives. I was reading the other day and, and I came across uh, something that I, I want to begin the service with uh, because... It's, it's something of a reminder, and I, I'll just read to you what this, what this guy said. But it is something that uh, we have read in history books, but it is those things that have brought us through, and different wars have left us with certain memorials to which you and I still hold to today, and I'm just going to mention three of them. First off is the Revolutionary War. And he said, Francis Scott Key uh, was the image of the Star Spangled Banner, of course. We know that, uh, that motivated him through the fiercest of battles at that time. He had gone out to the British fleet uh, under a flag of truce. He was detained on board while the bombardment of Fort Henry took place. It was a long and terrible night for the young patriot. The struggling colonies of America were against the vast resources of the great British Empire. He watched as all night the heavy guns of England pounded the fort. But in the morning he saw, by the dawn's early light, the star-spangled banner yet waving. And it was this that inspired him to write the song that what we call today our national anthem. Now, interestingly, he mentioned something here, and I, and I want to share it with you. He says, the climax of the song is found in the last stanza. Now, I don't know if, you've, if you knew that there was a second stanza to the Star Spangled Banner. Some of you did, but it's in, it's in our hymn book. And let me just read to you the second stanza, okay, the words that, that he wrote. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just. And this be our motto, in God is our trust. And then the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Isn't that a great verse? I don't think I've ever sung that verse. I knew it, I knew it was there, but I'd never taken time to read it until it was mentioned the land of the free and the home of the brave because of what God has done for us. Let me mention a second one. The Second World War, which is more familiar to uh, a lot of us, you, uh, that lived during that time. Uh, he says when we think of inspiration during wartime, we think of our fight against the imperialistic aspirations of the Japanese. It was a measure of payback and justice that inspired many Americans to declare war on Japan during World War II. 
The image of Pearl Harbor's bombing and its 2,400 deaths on December 7, 1941, lived in the minds of many Americans during this time. FDR, Franklin Roosevelt at that time, stated the next day, no matter how long it may take us to overcome the premeditated invasion, the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. Then it says back, or clo back closer to home, there was Rosie the Riveter. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Rosie the Riveter. The iconic image of a working woman inspired women to leave the house and work in defense industries all around the nation. We still remember those things. Many of us do. I've, I've been to Pearl Harbor. I've seen it. I've stood and looked down at, at the Missouri, the, the ship uh, that uh, was down, the Arizona, those ships that are sunk, they're, they're still there. And the Arizona, you can stand and, and you can look down at that ship and there's still diesel fuel coming up after 70-something years. The fuel is still coming up. And the people there, they'll tell you that the ship is weeping for the loss of those who died. We still remember that. And today, most of us here remember when all of a sudden on our television, they said one of the Twin Towers has been hit by a plane. You remember the day? September 11th. 9-11, we call it. And then within 20 minutes or so, another plane has hit the other tower. And we watched them burn and we watched them crumble. And then we heard about a plane that was heading toward the Pentagon. And the passengers took it down. At the risk of their own life, they crashed the plane so that it wouldn't cause any more damage. We remember those things. We saw the Twin Towers come down. We saw the rescue efforts. We saw all of that. And then we see the memorial that's, that's given to the Twin Towers. And we have forgotten. Isn't it a shame that we have to be reminded of those things? We have to be reminded. And, and some people will say, you know, I, I, I think about that, but I just, I just don't remember a whole lot that's there. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about this morning. Really the basic, the difference between memories and memorials. You know, one of the greatest things I found out about getting old is that I don't have a guilty conscience anymore because I don't remember what I did. <laughs> don't remember what I said. And I've got lots of friends. We tell the same story all the time, over and again. And nobody remembers that. And nobody talks about what's going on because we just don't know what, what happened. And it's, a, it's a really a wonderful thing. But when I, when I looked up memory, here's what it said. It is the power or the process of reproducing or recalling what we have learned or what we've retained. Now, I heard an older preacher one time several years ago that said, there was a study done, and a doctor said that you never forget anything. Everything that you've ever learned, everything that you've ever known, is still up here. He said the problem is not remembering, 
The problem, problem is recall. Well, then I've got news for you. I don't recall a whole lot. Do you? Be honest. We just don't recall like we used to. We don't get those things up. So if we left everything to a memory, it'll fade away from us. Okay? A memorial. Something that keeps remembering alive. Memories, they escape us. Memorials, we say, I remember that. And now we've got the memorials that are, that are set up. Memorials to the Vietnam War. Memorials to World War II. Memorials to World War I. We've got re- memorials all over the place. We have a flag that we walk in every Sunday and we see. We're going to start Bible school next week. And folks, we, give, we make sure that we say the Pledge of Allegiance. And we pledge to our Christian flag. And we pledge to the Bible. We've been doing it for years. We still do it. To let people know that we remember all this done, all the sacrifices that have been made. The memorials have been set. Francis Scott Key helped us to understand what this flag was all about. How it was battered and, and, and beaten and bloodied. But yet the nation stood. Because God had a purpose for this nation at the beginning there in that revolutionary war. And he built that. And we've come through all these wars, and I remember seeing uh, clips and, and talking to other people about World War II. When that happened, when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, everybody wanted to go and fight. They wanted to stand against what was happening to our country. You can't do that to us. That's our country. And we, they stood, and they continued to stand, and when women went to work, other men went to work. If they couldn't get in the army, they went to work. They sacrificed. They had, they had coupons. They had rations. They had everything that was there. They gave up all the luxuries that maybe they knew because we were going to win. And we just didn't go in there and stay for 10 or 12 years and then walk out. Folks, we won the war. And we made sure that it was done. Memorials have been set. I think God has given us something to think about this morning because there have been memorials that have happened that help us to remember, to bring to mind to us the things that we need to be doing for Christ. In the church, with our families. If you look beginning in verse 6 of Matthew 26, Jesus is on his way to the cross. Jesus is about to be beaten and stripped and hung on a cross. And he is back in the city of Bethany, where we understand that this is where Lazarus lived. And Jesus would visit on every occasion that he could, Lazarus and Mary and Martha. This is where he walked into the city And all the city was crying because Lazarus had died and Jesus could have stopped it. You remember Martha running to him at the city limits sign and kneeling down and saying, Lord, if you had just been here, our brother would not have died. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Lord, I know at the resurrection, at the last day that he will rise. And he looked at her and he said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. But whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And the words that he said after that ring through the ages for you and I today. Because when he said that, he said, do you believe me? Yes, Lord. Mary said the same thing. Jesus went to the grave. We all know what happened. He called Lazarus forth. But those words that Jesus spoke, do you believe me, is what this is about today. Now, if you read in, in verse 6, and it came to pass, Jesus finished the saying to his disciples, and guess what he was talking about? What we've been doing in Revelation. He's telling about the end times that's coming. He knows he's dying. Verse 2, you know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Okay, he's told them that over and over and over again. Now look at verse 6. Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. Verse 7, there came unto him a woman. Okay, now Mark records this very same thing. And he says, it's a woman. But John, in John chapter 12, records this. And he names names. It was Mary. Mary the sister of Lazarus, okay? Now, Mary comes. She has an alabaster box of a precious ointment, pours it on his head. Mark says, poured it on his head. John said, poured it on his feet. I'll get to that in a minute. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? Judas started that little conversation. We could have taken this money and we could have sold it for 300 denarii because that's what it's worth. And that was a year's wage. And we could have fed the poor. For this ointment might have been so much and given to the poor. Jesus understood it. He said, why do you trouble this woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. Now, Jesus sounds kind of uh, downgrading the poor at that time, but I'll explain that in a minute. For in that she saith, she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Now, look at verse 13. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever the gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a what? A memorial of her. Not a memory. A memorial of her. Now, let's look at the difference between this memory and a memorial that has been set. And here is Jesus saying, we have a memorial before us to remind us so we never forget. And what is that memorial? As you look at this and, and you read this and begin to understand it, here's the first thing I want you to see. This memorial is worship. And memorial worship is always at the feet of Jesus. We can come and sit in the pew, but if you don't get your heart right and get to the feet of Jesus, folks, we give up our worship. Because what we are to do is to come to Him, and just like John in Revelation 1, when, when John saw Jesus, the Scripture says, He fell at His feet as dead. Jesus 
is the one to whom we give all honor and praise and to God be the glory. And folks, the only thing we can do, we're not going to walk up. People think we get to heaven, we'll walk up and we'll see Jesus. It's kind of like we walk up and say, hi, Jesus, how you doing? Good to see you. I'm Norman. Remember me? No. I'll tell you what, the first thing that's going to happen, we're going to hit the deck. And we're going to fall before him. And we're going to give him all praise and honor and glory. And we will worship him. And that's just exactly what Mary is teaching us. Now, our motive for all of this, the catalyst for our motive is a pure personal love. If we do not have pure motives when we step inside here to offer ourselves unto God, then true worship can never come forth from us. It has to be a personal act of worship out of our personal love for God. Verse 7, there came a woman with an alabaster box, precious ointment, poured it on his head as he sat to eat. Now, you know, we, we get this picture in our minds about when it talks about Jesus eating and even at the Last Supper, we think about them gathering around a table. And Jesus sits at the head of the table. He pulls up a chair. John and Peter and James and all the rest of them pull up their chairs. And they sit down. And so Mary comes in. And she starts pouring this oil all over him as he's sitting in a chair. Jesus didn't sit in a chair. They reclined around a table where the food was set. And they would recline, usually on their left side. And as they reclined... Then they would reach and they would eat the bread or whatever it was. And it was all for all of those that were sitting around the table. But you can just imagine as they sat there and everybody began to praise Jesus for what he did. We see he's in the home of Simon the leper. And you say, well, why wasn't he in Lazarus' house? Because Jesus had healed Simon of his leprosy. And I'm sure Simon wanted to host the feast. And Lazarus said, okay, we'll help you. It was just at his house. And there Simon said, hey, you remember? I was a leper. I was an outcast. And Jesus came along and he wasn't afraid and he touched me. And my leprosy was gone. I've been healed by Jesus. And Peter said, I was nothing but a lonely fisherman. I didn't know anything, couldn't do anything. And all of a sudden he came to my boat, told me to cast out my net. I pulled it in. I had so many fish, I had to get another boat to put it in. And he saved me right there and cleansed me. And the others went around the table and they told what Jesus did. And Lazarus is just sitting there smiling and he said, you guys don't know anything. I was doing just fine until after four days and I heard my name called. And I had to get up and get back out of there. He brought me forth from the dead. Lazarus was a great host. Martha was a great server. Mary, she didn't know what to do. She listened to all of that. She ran home. They just lived right down the block, around the corner. And she ran inside, slipped in under her bed, pulled out this ointment that she had been saving, a, a fragrant ointment. And she ran back over to the house, and she broke it. And she took that oil and she poured it all over Jesus. 
You can just imagine Jesus sitting there and there's a big smile on his face and this oil is running down because she has anointed him. And some people say, well, one of them says head, one of them says feet. I think there's a contradiction. No, I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> if we just use a little common sense, she poured what she could of that oil on his head and then she looked and there was some left and she knelt down there and she poured that all over his feet and she took her hair and she wiped his feet. Now, what's that got to do with anything? Listen to me. If you want to truly worship Jesus Christ, you've got to give him the best that you got. And the best that you have is who you are in him. You've got to give him everything that you have. That's all that she had. 300 denarii, a year's wage. She could have sold it, but she wasn't going to sold it. She sell it. She gave it to Jesus. And she did it because she loved him, but she did it because she believed him. None of the rest of them did. Did you hear what I, what I read a moment ago? He told him in two days, I'm going to be crucified. That'll never happen. Martha, Mary believed it. He's going to die. He told him that over and again. She heard it and she believed it. If we're going to truly worship not only do we love him and give him the best that we have, but we've got to believe what he says. And believe us. When we read the scripture and say, thus saith the Lord, we've got to believe that. He brought life. He brought miracles. He did everything that he could, but nobody would listen to him. And she wanted to show him how much she loved him right now. I can't tell you how many times I've stood at the head of a casket. And I hear people come by. And they say, I didn't get to tell him I loved him. I didn't get to tell him. You know how sad that is? Might have happened to some of you. Is there anything wrong? No, it just hurts. It hurts. I just didn't get to do it. Mary wasn't going to let that happen. And Mary said, I'm going to lavish my love on him now. While he's sitting here, before he goes to the cross, and before he's dead in a tomb, I'm going to lavish my love, and I'm going to give him everything that I've got. There will be no regret. I want you to keep something in mind. Mary anointed him here. The third day, they went to the tomb to anoint him. The women did, and they didn't get to. See what you miss? We are to lavish our love and our belief in who Jesus is, and we are to do it right now, every day in our life, as we sit at his feet and worship him for who he is. She focused on Christ, and she gave him everything that she had. What does that lead us to? If our, catalysts, if our motives have to be pure, then our motives also must be, I want to obey him. Priceless what she had, basically. And she wasn't afraid to hand it over and spill it out. Y'all remember that song? Beautiful song. Y'all of you say, yeah, I know what it is. Broken and spilled out. When was the last time you were broken and spilled out before your Lord? Have you ever been? There are some times when he will let us go so far, and He will break you. And when He does, you will spill out everything that you've got. Yes, 
broken and spilled out. This is what she did. She wanted to obey him because he said, I'm going to die. And she wanted to give him everything that she had. And so she offered unto him all that she had. She spilled it out, broken and spilled out. She expressed her love. She expressed it unselfishly. She, she expressed that love with, without any regard for the cost. And she gave everything that she had. And now she worships. When that worship took place, I can't help but think that all of a sudden she saw a glimpse of the beauty of God as she gazed at him. Can you imagine the look on Jesus' face? It wasn't a look of surprise, but as that oil anointed him, the fragrance began to emanate. All of a sudden, Jesus had this beauty about him. And that beauty, I'm sure, caught the eye of Mary. And she began to adore him as she made this memorial to prepare him for his death, knowing that he was going to rise again because that's what he said you read in acts 10 4 and it talks about cornelius we remember that peter went to cornelius's house god sent him to this gentile's house because he was about to open the gospel to all the gentiles and began there with cornelius and the angel said god's heard your prayers and the prayers that you've sent god is going to open unto you all that he has When you and I worship and give Him everything we have, our motive of worship means that we are going to acknowledge His death, rejoice in His resurrection, and we're going to look for His coming every day that we live. Because the memorial's there. We've seen this one who has prepared Him for that burial, not knowing that all of a sudden He's going to receive that, and then He's going to die and rise again, but also that he's coming back to us. But not only that, but she acknowledged her sinfulness before God, which is what we have to do. Acknowledge your sinfulness unto God and look for him as he's coming. When you worship, do you stand in awe and reverence of the God that's in your heart and in your life? Do you have that that reverence about you and, and that awe of who he is? no matter what this world may think or what somebody else might think of us. You see, Mary wasn't ashamed to do what she did. And true worship means I'm not ashamed to come in here and worship. I'm not ashamed to tell somebody out there that I worship at Central Baptist. I'd like for you to worship with us as well. Don't be ashamed, and Mary wasn't. And that's what we need to learn from her. That memorial is to teach us to worship giving him everything that we've got, acknowledging who he is, believing in what he says, and then stand and not be ashamed of who he is. This memorial also is leaving our burdens at the feet of Jesus. You see, I told you a minute ago, Lazarus was a host. Mary was a server. Mary Didn't have any gift like that at all. Now listen to me. So she did what she could. God doesn't call everybody to be in the ministry as set apart. Don't call everybody to preach. 
doesn't call everybody to sing, doesn't call everybody to lead uh, youth or whatever else we do, education or the things in the church. He doesn't call everybody to do that. But he calls you to the ministry, and you have a ministry. No matter where they, wherever you are, you've got a ministry right there before you. And God calls every one of us to minister for him. Now, everywhere that you go, you're going to find critics like Judas. And Judas is the one that stood up and said, we could have given that money to the poor. Jesus wasn't saying, I'm not concerned. If you read Deuteronomy 15, 11, Moses said, there's always going to be the poor there. And we've got to take care of them. And that's what Jesus was alluding to here when he said that. The poor is always going to be here. That's what Moses said. They understood that. But what about us? Judas is complaining. He's being critical of what's going on. And his motive is to take all the guilt off of him because of what's going on in his mind. Because you see, he had pretty well given up on Jesus. Jesus was supposed to conquer Rome. Jesus was supposed to put him in as a secretary of state or whatever. Jesus was supposed to go out and do this great war and heal everybody that got sick and were hurt and raise all of those that are dead, and keep the army moving. And he, Jesus wasn't buying that or doing that. And Judas began to criticize everything that you've done. You're going to come across people that are disillusioned with the church because the church didn't do this or the church didn't do that. And because of that disillusionment, they're going to criticize you wherever you are in your ministry. Whatever you're doing and following that, the critics are going to come. Their values are misplaced. And they do their best to try to take back from you. But I want you to remember the memorial. When you accepted Jesus as your Savior, you asked Him to come into your heart and save you. My dear friend, He planted that memorial in your heart. I want your best. I want it given. I want you to trust me. I want you to believe me. And folks, because of what the fact that we have been saved, we need to go back and remember, I know Jesus. He's my Savior. And he's my Lord. Worship is focusing on those things of Christ. But it's also bringing what Mary did. Doing the best that she could do and giving all that she had. It focused on Mary. Because here Mary brought all of those things inside of her. And she just laid them at the feet of Jesus. How many of you do that? Or how many of you bring certain things to God? And then hold back on the others because he's just too busy. God, God can't deal with this right now. Let me do that. Folks, you'll never have a greater joy being broken and spilled out than when you bring your burdens and lay them before the Lord and offer to him in worship. And you will see what God will do for you. The memorial has been set so that you and I understand critics may come. But our Lord is still worth everything that we have. That word worship comes from a word that means heavy. Which means that something is, is so great or so heavy. And it alludes to the fact that God is far greater than me and you. And because of that, we come to give Him the honor and the praise and the glory. I'm not to be worshipped. Only God is worthy of our worship. She laid her burdens at his feet. She knew he was going to die. 
She saw it. She believed it. And she knew that he was going to be gone from her. But I think in her mind she knew that he was going to rise again. She brought all the missed opportunities and everything that she did. And now she gave everything that she had. Are you willing to give everything you've got to Christ? Are you willing? Well, we look at this memorial and we see Mary just poured out everything there. And I look back at me and I don't know that I've opened up that much of you. To just leave it all there. Lay it before him. Now we sit back here and we say, I'm doing all right. God's blessing me and everything's good. And we can convince ourselves that all of this, that all of this is good. But if we name the name of Christ, there's a memorial set before us that says to us, we need to be about the Father's business. We've got things that we need to be doing and only we can do that. Not depending on someone else to get everything done. We have a responsibility before God. It's kind of like we look at people that have talents. I mean, I look over here on Sundays and I see all of these music, music playing here and all over here. And aren't we glad we have people that have this talent? But you see what that talent is? Is that you do the best you can and God will do the rest. That's what our talent is. God called me to preach. In fact, it's 52 years ago this month. And all I can do is the best I can let God do the rest. That's all he's asked. That's all he asks of you. That's all he asks of me. So we can't hold those things back. You give it all to him when we tithe. And the tithe is still real, folks. God asks 10% of what we got. You get 10%, you give it to him. Not worrying about it, not fretting. And some people will say, I'm getting along just fine without giving that to God. I'm going to tell you something. You're missing so many blessings. You're going to turn around and look one of these days, and you're going to have absolutely nothing. If we can't be obedient in what God has given to us, and I've been there. I've held out a month or two because things weren't looking too good. Have you ever done that? Have you ever noticed on the third month that God takes away from you? What, the, what it could have been in those two months if you'd have given it to him. He'll get it. He's going to get it. He wants your obedience. And the memorial has been set. Be obedient to what he's given. All the things that he's given to Mary. And she looked at that. There's her brother sitting there. And she says, I give them all to you. When we give to Christ, he gives us the opportunities. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. And this comes from my heart. And I think about this often. But every day that we live, we need to spend time in worship. Because you never know when it'll be your last time to worship. Isn't that right? We never know. Mary gave it to him right there. 
Don't let the critics bring you down. Take your burdens and leave them there. Worship Him for who He is. Because what happens is, you find the very best at the feet of Jesus. The very best. Because it's there at, that, at the foot, at feet of Jesus that this memorial has been set. We find God's best in the truth of His Word. Did you hear what Jesus said? Wherever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world. That's a prophecy, folks. Because this gospel has gone around the world. So there's the memorial that's set. But the thing that really gripped me, when she anointed him with this perfume, this oil, on his head and on his feet, can you imagine the sweet aroma that began to fill Simon's house? Around that table, the ointment that was poured, all of a sudden it began to fill. When you and I worship Him, we become a sweet aroma in the nostrils of God. When we earnestly pray, we become a sweet aroma and we send that aroma up to God, a prayer that God is going to unleash in the revelation period. Sweet aroma. And that's what Paul says we are. A sweet aroma to those who have life in Christ. It's an aroma of life, but those who are dead, what you smell is an odor because you don't have that sweet aroma all around you. And we praise Him and thank Him until we see Him face to face. So I think we ought to come up with a new song. Let others smell Jesus in you. Think you can write that, Andy? I'll help you. Let others smell Jesus in you. It come from a song that said, let others see Jesus in you. Some of you are saying, that's a good song. I don't know. When Mary poured the fragrance, Jesus blessed her beyond measure. And that sweet aroma, I'm sure, stayed around a long time in Simon's house and in Mary's heart. When you and I allow that sweet aroma of worship to come forth from us, even though people refuse to see Jesus in you, you let that aroma draw them, draw them, draw them. That's what God wants. That's our memorial to remember. He died. He was buried. He rose again. What would you bring him today? What would you bring to him that you might give all that you have in obedience, in love, as you lay everything before Him. It's easy enough for us to just live out in this world because, you see, we like that. Because living out in this world, we just do what we want to do and, and we're not pressured by anything. But when I talk talking about it, and in my life, I talk talking about we're here to serve Jesus. What are we doing there? See, the memorial will make you remember. He died for you. They buried him. He rose again for you. He ascended into heaven. And you're going to see next week when we get back in the book of Revelation, you're going to see something. He's coming back. But he's coming back with a vengeance. And he's going to take this world back because it belongs to him. 
you and I, we need to worship. We need to fall at the feet of Jesus. Love him, trust him, give him everything we've got. If you don't know him today, it's time that you received him so that your memorial can carry forth. What are you doing for Christ today? What are you giving to him? How's the smell around you? Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. You're here this morning without Christ. <coughs> He's given us a memorial. The memorial to remind us that He is worthy of our worship. Maybe you just need to come and worship at His feet today. Maybe you need to know this one who is worthy, that we need to worship in love and obedience that takes all of our cares and our burdens and guides and leads us and blesses us as we bless Him. If you're here this morning without Christ, I want you to pray a prayer with me. And in that prayer, I want you to do what you uh, open your heart and let God do what He wants to do in your life today. Pray with me. Dear Father, I know that I'm a lost sinner. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. I believe He rose again. By faith, Lord Jesus. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sin. Save me, Lord Jesus. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. If you pray that prayer with me, I invite you to get up and come. Come to Jesus. It's just me and you. Come and stand right here. If you want to pray that prayer, come. Let me pray it with you. Maybe you need a church home. By letter, by statement for baptism. This is where I worship. This is where God has brought me. It's time to come. Worship Him. God is moving. What will we do for Him today? Broken and spilled out. Memorial set before us. Will you honor that memorial today? Father, in the name of Jesus, give us a boldness to stand up and step out and to stand for Jesus today. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do, how you're going to bless us. Move us now, we pray, in Jesus' name. As we stand together and as we sing, I invite you to come. I'll meet you here. Step out from where you are. Tell somebody, excuse me, or say, come go with me. Come to him right now as we sing.